Good morning to each one of you. It's a, it's a pleasure to be here with you this morning. I invite your attention to uh, Luke chapter 13. I'd like to look at a parable here. Uh, the, the title of the message is Digging and Donging for Our Lord and Redeemer. And I apologize to uh, Rhoda and Eric. They may have heard this message before, so uh, sorry about that. <laughs> uh, when we look at parables, you know, there's, there's pitfalls. Uh, sometimes parables, uh, we misunderstand them. Sometimes we try to get too much mileage out of them. Uh, sometimes we just clearly miss the main point. And, and I might be doing all of those this morning, I'm not sure. Uh, I don't consider myself a theologian. I, I thoroughly enjoy listening to people that can just pull things from all over Scripture into a nice package and, and it all just makes perfect sense. And, and I, I, uh, I struggle doing that. I have to look at things in a very practical way or, or I can't understand it. So this morning we're going to look at this parable just in a very simple, practical way. I'd like to read it, and then I have some questions, and I want you to respond to, to these questions. Let's begin reading at verse 1 of Luke 13. There were present at that season some that told him of the Galileans, whose blood Pilate had mingled with their sacrifices. And Jesus answering said unto them, Suppose ye that the Galileans were sinners above all the Galileans, because they suffered such things? I tell you, nay. But except ye repent, ye shall all likewise perish. Or those eighteen, upon whom the tower of Siloam fell and slew them. Think ye that they were sinners above all men that dwelt in Jerusalem? I tell you, nay, but except ye repent, ye shall all likewise perish. He spake also this parable. A certain man had a fig tree planted in his vineyard, and he came and sought fruit thereon and found none. Then said he unto the dresser of his vineyard, Behold, these three years I come seeking fruit on this fig tree, and find none. Cut it down, why cumbereth it the ground? And he answering said unto him, Lord, let it alone this year also, till I shall dig about it and dung it. And if it bear fruit, well, and if not, then after that thou shalt cut it down. As you uh, look at that parable, uh, what would you call this vine dresser's response to the situation? Mercy? Patience? Yeah. 
Nurturing, yeah. Hopefulness, very much so. A very, a very caring approach. You know, our world needs more men and women like that man. Uh, our church, our church needs more men and women like that man. I need to be more like that man. You need to be more like that man. Have you, in the last couple of weeks or months, done any digging or donging around other people? Raise your hand. How many feel like you've done any digging or donging around other people? Okay, a few. Uh, has anyone done any digging or donging around you? Okay, a few. What, what brought the attention to this particular tree? Why, why this tree? I mean, there were other trees, I'm sure. Why this tree? It lacked fruit. There was no fruit. That was a problem. What, what's the future of this tree in this parable? Okay, Joe says Blake. Uh, okay, someone else. What, what's the future of this tree? Bear fruit or die. Yeah. We don't really know. The future is undetermined at this point. Yeah, it's true, bear fruit or die, but we don't know which it's going to be. It could be either. I mean, it, yeah, it could be one or the other. We don't know what the future of this tree is. Is Jesus talking about trees here? What's he talking about? What do you think he's talking about? Mm -hmm. Yeah, he's, he's talking about people. I'm convinced he's talking about people. He could have been talking about uh, the religious people of that time. He could be talking about this congregation this morning. But inevitably, all of that boils down to people, individuals. So I'd like to approach it as Jesus is talking about people here this morning. You know, the goal is to, to have a fruit-bearing life for our Lord and Redeemer, for ourselves, for others. I would like to share uh, four observations from, from this parable. Uh, number one, there is a temptation to cut the tree down 
Uh, I think we've all felt that already in situations that we've faced. Uh, there's, there's that temptation. Let's just cut this tree down. It's quick, it's easy. Just cut off the relationship, cut off communication. When we feel called to, to digging and donging, or when someone else feels called to dig and dung around us, uh, it's, it's just a lot quicker. Just to, let's just cut it. Let's just cut. Do we yield to that temptation? Do we too often just give up hope? Uh, walk away? You know, the whether this tree deserves to perish or not, that's the Lord's business. Right? If you look in the parable here, verse 9, you know, the vine dresser pleads for a year of mercy, and he's going to dig and dung. And if it bear fruit well, and if not, then after that thou shalt cut the tree down. It's the Lord's business if a tree gets cut down. Let's turn in our Bibles back a few chapters to Luke 9. Luke chapter 9, let's start reading at verse 51. And it came to pass when the time was come that he should be received up, he steadfastly set his face to go to Jerusalem. And he sent messengers before his face, and they went and entered into a village of the Samaritans to make ready for him. And they did not receive him because his face was as though he would go to Jerusalem. And when his disciples, James and John, saw this, they said, Lord, Wilt thou that we command fire to come down from heaven and consume them, even as Elias did? But he turned and rebuked them and said, Ye know not what manner of spirit ye are of. For the Son of Man is not come to destroy men's lives, but to save them. What manner of spirit are you and I this morning? Does Jesus need to rebuke us when we yield to that temptation? Let's just cut the tree down. Let's just call fire down from heaven and burn it up. I think one thing we want to always remember Sometimes we are the unfruitful tree. Sometimes it's you. Sometimes it's me. Sometimes we are that unfruitful tree that is in question. Except ye repent, ye shall likewise perish. That's how this passage starts out. And that's true for you. That's true for me. That's true for every human being. There ever was or ever will be. 
except ye repent, ye perish. Are we willing to dig into dung for our Lord and Redeemer? The second observation here is that digging and donging is, is hard, messy work. It takes time. It takes patience. It causes pain. Misunderstandings can, can very easily happen. After a day of digging and donging, we come home tired. It's hard work. It's hard work. Let's go to Luke 10. Luke 10, we have a story. This is not a parable. Sometimes it's called a parable. I don't think it is a parable. Scripture doesn't say it's a parable. It's, it's a story. Uh, Possibly uh, a true story that happened and Jesus is just relating it. Maybe it happened to him. Maybe it happened to his father. Maybe, I don't know. But it's given as a, as a true account. Luke 10, verse 30. And Jesus answering said, A certain man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell among thieves, which stripped him of his raiment and wounded him, departing, leaving him half dead. And by chance there came down a certain priest that way, and when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. And likewise a Levite, when he was at the place, came and looked on him and passed by on the other side. But a certain Samaritan, as he journeyed, came where he was, and when he saw him, he had compassion on him. And he went to him and bound up his wounds, pouring in oil and wine, and set him on his own beast and brought him to an inn and took care of him. And on the morrow, when he departed, he took out two pence and gave them to the host and said unto him, Take care of him, and whatsoever thou spendest more, when I come again, I will repay thee. Which now of these three thinkest thou was neighbor unto him that fell among the thieves? And he said, He that showed mercy on him. Then said Jesus unto him, Go and do thou likewise. Now there's a lot of details here we don't have, uh, but there's a few things I think we can safely assume this Samaritan did not plan this as part of his day. He did not plan to spend this money on this man. He had other things in mind for that money. He had other things in mind for that time. And the future promise of I will come back and I will pay you more. He, he had other things in his schedule, but he pushed that aside and met a need. 
Now, we don't know what all was going through uh, this priest and Levite's minds either. Maybe they had their best clothes on and they just didn't want to get dirty helping this man. Maybe they took a look and said, he's not a member of my synagogue. I'm called to the fatherless and the widows in my synagogue and I need to go there and meet their needs. You know, when we help people or refuse to help people based on who they are or who they are not, that says something about who we are. You know, the Good Samaritan was a good neighbor at heart. He was a man of compassion. He had a compassionate heart. And he reached out and helped this man because of who he was, not because of who the man was. I think that is very safe to assume. And I think we need to ask ourselves, when we reach out to meet needs around us, or we refuse or decide not to, are we making these decisions based on who we are or on who they are? I think Christ teaches us that we reach out and meet needs based on who we are and what he has done for us, not on the recipient. You know, digging and donging is, is dirty, messy work. There's no, no two ways about it. Jesus says here, go and do thou likewise. I think he's telling us here this morning, go. Go and do likewise. Like this good Samaritan, go and meet needs based on who you are, the heart that I have given you. And we need to remember, sometimes we are the unfruitful tree. Sometimes we are the one laying in the ditch half dead. And we want people to reach out and help us based on who they are, not on who we are. You know, it, it can be quite uncomfortable to have people digging around our roots, poking and donging around us. But it's necessary. It needs to happen. The goal, we must keep the goal in mind. The goal is to turn things around so that an unfruitful tree begins to bear fruit and does not need to be cut down. Cutting trees down does not accomplish the goal. And that's the Lord's business. Our business is to give that tree every opportunity to bear fruit. 
The third observation, unfruitfulness is a root problem. I think that's clear from this parable. Unfruitfulness is a root problem. You know, uncovering root problems is, is not easy. Many times, you know, we examine the branches. We look at the leaves. We point at the twigs. When the real problem is out of sight, underground, and deeply rooted. And we, we don't look there. We just look at what's visible. Unfruitfulness is a root problem, and we must never forget that. There are not quick, easy answers. Let's go to Second Peter chapter 1. Second Peter 1, we'll read the first 10 verses. Simon Peter, a servant and apostle of Jesus Christ, to them that have obtained like precious faith with us through the righteousness of God and our Savior Jesus Christ. Grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. According to his divine power, hath given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness, through the knowledge of him that hath called us to glory and virtue, whereby are given unto us exceeding and great precious promises, that by these ye might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. And besides this, giving all diligence, Add to your faith virtue, and to your virtue knowledge, and to knowledge temperance, and to temperance patience, and to patience godliness, and to godliness brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness charity. For if these things be in you and abound, they make you that ye shall neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. But he that lacketh these things is blind and cannot see afar off and hath forgotten that God was, that he was purged from his old sins. Wherefore the rather brethren give diligence to make your calling and election sure. For if ye do these things, ye shall never fall. That's what God is calling us to. It takes a change, a change of heart. And that's our fourth observation. Repentance is the only solution. There's no hope for you. There's no hope for me. There's no hope for anyone apart from repentance, a turning around. The fruitful Christian is one who has repented. You know, we were all unprofitable servants. We were all sheep 
that went astray, selfish, disobedient. Scripture bears that out time and time again. That's you, that's me. And the only way to become fruitful for our Lord and Redeemer is to repent. And sometimes that takes digging and donging. Except ye repent, ye shall likewise perish. The fruitful life is a life of change. A change in attitudes, a change in goals. The books we read, the music we listen to, the friends we spend time with, how we spend our time and money, the way we do business, the way we do church. Repentance changes how we do things. When we have repented, we care whether others perish or repent. And therefore, we start digging and donging. Because there's hope that every unfruitful tree might become fruitful. Eternity is our focus for ourselves and for others. In conclusion, a few questions. Do I, do you, have a life of fruit bearing for our Lord and Redeemer? That's a question we must all ponder. Am I a fruit-bearing Christian? As I read God's word and the description of someone that bears fruit, does that describe me? Does that describe you? Maybe we should be asking each other, how do you see me? Do you see fruit in my life? Another question, am I, are you, willing to do the hard, messy work of digging and donging in order to help others bear fruit? Or do we like to get the chainsaw out and just cut? It's not easy, but we're called to do it. And we're so glad, at least eventually, we're so glad when other people do it for us. Maybe not initially, but eventually we're glad that other people dig and dung around us. Are we willing to let others dig and dung around us? Or do we react? What are you doing? That hurts. That doesn't smell good. But it's necessary if we are going to be a fruitful brotherhood. Do I, do you, live a life of repentance? A life of having turned away from the selfishness, the self-centeredness that the priest and the Levite obviously had? Or are we more like that good Samaritan, flexible schedule, 
not hanging on to every penny, willing to share, willing to to change. My plans for the day in order to meet a need, in order, willing to change my thinking about things in order to help a tree become fruitful. Am I willing to do that? This, uh, this parable has, has really spoken to me. And, you know, I, those of you that know me best probably know that I, I see things pretty black and white most times, and that includes people. We need to learn that sometimes we are the unfruitful tree. And we want mercy and compassion. And we must be willing to offer it to others. There is hope. As long as there is life, there is hope, and we should never forget that. I think God is calling us to more digging and donging and not so much cutting. Let's leave the cutting to God. Shall we have a song?